0: Okay, here we are at the December 10th, 2015 Book Nook meeting of the Science Fiction Club with uh, our book this month, Bowl of Heaven, by Gregory Benford and Larry Niven. I got it right this time. Benford is first. So, um, (laughs) anyhow, I got a new microphone for this computer, so hopefully things sound a little better than they did last time. Well, or the time before that, because I was using the old computer last time. Anyway, we'll go around and talk about uh, what people thought of this this book. Here we go.
1: Well, I guess I'll lead off. Um, one of the things I'm disappointed is that we can't read the sequel. Uh, when We were discussing that before you came in. Uh, it appears that Michelle says that it looks like it's being put on Bard, so eventually it'll come on. It'll be a shame if it, if, if it were available. I would love to read the second part of our, right away and not forget, so I won't forget the first part, but... There's one thing that I noticed, and I don't know if I'm mistaken on this or not, but when, when right in the begin, towards the beginning, when they when they landed on the ball and um, they got through the door, and then the aliens came and grabbed some of them, I had the impression that Ta- Tanana Reeve, that's her name, um, was captured, and yet at the same time, it seems like she was with Cliff's group helping that guy that got wounded. I don't know if I misread that. Um, someone might want to comment on that but apart from that the book was interesting I think I got a little slung down a little bit with a constant wandering through the endless geographical areas of the place and I found that it was slightly monotonous but apart from that it was pretty good
2: um, this is Michelle um, I, I liked the second half of the book much better than I liked the first half of the book I thought it was kind of slow maybe for the like the first five or six hours. I, I wasn't particularly engaged with the, um, the characters or the science. Then there was this moment in the book where Beth, um, I don't know if she was looking in a mirror or something, but she realized there was this female biped that was laughing at her and was using her mind to send Beth an insult. And something about that, you know, it just sort of instantly engaged me into the story because I, I thought to myself... How could this be, and I kind of got a little bit more invested into the into the science part of the story i think um, i didn't I honestly didn 't get that i wasn 't that invested in any particular character. Um, I thought they were okay, but like none of them really stood out for me um, and I, the one thing that I wondered about was. You know, the book was divided up into, like, part one, part two, part three. Do you think that um, the two authors each would do a particular part, or do you think that they worked on the whole story together? Because I, I, I'm not really familiar with either author, and I wasn't really sure, but it felt like when you switch from part to part, it felt, it felt a little different to me.
3: Well,
4: I didn't particularly enjoy the book. Um, I liked the aliens, but I could not connect with any of the characters, and I found that if I want to enjoy a book and follow it, I have to connect with the characters. I also had a couple of of problems. Um, If the bowl was traveling at 8 tenths C, they'd be getting an awful lot of radiation coming into the bowl and they didn't seem to have any effective shielding that they mentioned and the other thing is is I don't understand how they you know how they decelerate the bowl or turn it around and I don't think you could do any kind of science on a, on a star system or a solar system if you're traveling that fast so I do would not want to read the second half.
0: Well, I'll just be straight up. Lissy and I uh, read about 48 minutes. We read up to 48 minutes. And then Lissy got bored, and uh, I meant to continue with it, but uh, uh, there were for a number of reasons I didn't continue with it. Uh, we were both rather bored with the first well, 48 minutes or so, and uh, and the narrator didn't help at all. Nick, uh, Joe Peck, he... Uh, he bothered Lissy more than me, but it bothered me a little bit. He seemed to put a, a raise his voice at the end of every sentence with a period or just about, and it was just kind of got grating after a while. It just, but the writing—I don't know—we were bored with the writing as well, and uh, so we didn't read it.
5: Well, this is Sherry. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That I didn't finish it either. I—I I did get about five or six hours, and I just felt like i didn't really care what happened to anybody and i didn't feel the characters were well drawn either i'm like marshall said i need to connect with the i need a more character driven book than a science driven book the science seemed to be very good i'm i'm not one to be able to comment on that intelligently but there seemed to be a lot of science in there and it seemed okay to me but i didn't really i just didn't really care what happened to people um i didn't think the characters were well drawn
3: well i was the one that started the discussion of the book way back last year i think it was and so i got to read the whole thing again including the second book i i really think the audible version of the book should have been used instead of having an nls narrator and i agree with you about that he wasn't any good really i don't know why they picked him <laughs> but um i love the book i love both of them and uh, just had a really a good time reading it and i my favorite character was Tanana Reeve she was she had a mouth on her that put those aliens in their place <laughs> she was just so funny and i i just thought she was great and she doesn't do that much in the second book unfortunately but i think maybe that's because the, the aliens in the second book they kind of end up getting demoted they're they're essentially the police force for the bull, and they think they're running the show when they're actually not there are aliens above them and then there are aliens above that so it's a hierarchy and eventually by the end of the second book the the aliens with memoir or whatever name is and she thinks she's the head honcho and she's not so uh but i i really enjoyed both of them again i think i've read them Twice at least. Did you pick
1: up Marion when I was mentioning about Tatana Reed? Was I wrong about that? I, as I said, I thought it was an anomaly that on one hand she was captured, on the other hand she was with the other group helping pull out that spike that that guy got stuck in. Am well, I I'm not mistaken on that?
3: She was captured first, and then they let her go, and so she rejoined Beth and the rest of them, and then they needed her again. For some more language lessons and all that stuff and so they grabbed her again which i thought was pretty rotten of them to do um in the first place you know it's just uh, the aliens as i said they just thought they ran the whole show and they could do anything they wanted with whoever they wanted but um yeah you were close you you Kind of figured it out, but essentially what happened is that she was captured twice, and there was a place in the middle between the two captures when she went out and went back to Beth and the gang, that particular gang. So, uh, yeah, you almost had it there.
6: Well, I'm sort of in the middle on this book, but it sort of tied into one of my major pet peeves, all of those capital letters. Um, and that is that basically it's only half a novel. And so I don't like the concept of having to buy two novels when um, there's really only one story. And that's the way that that felt to me, this book did. So even though I was kind of enjoying it up to the time when it just stopped, um, um, I, I don't, I'm not interested in pursuing it anymore. As for Michelle's question about the authors,
5: although I've read books by these authors, I don't know their writing style enough that I'd be able to tell different parts if, if one person wrote one and one the other.
0: Well, um, Benford's name is first, and I've read, uh, I don't know, nine or ten of his books, and I've read probably about that many of Niven's, and it starts out certainly reading like Benford, and I I can't quantify the sp- dialistic differences really well, but he describes the scientific appearance of things like when they're approaching the bowl, and he's going talking to those pilots or those whatever they were those India Indians. I mean, from India, they had Indian names anyway. Um, When they wake that biologist, it reads really like Benford with talking about the infrared signature and all that stuff and. It just—I know Niven does some of that, but it just reads a lot like what Benford would write. Uh, later on the book, I have no idea, but um, um, that's certainly how it starts out. It sounded like Benford.
1: Now, one of the one one thing that seemed to be a little strange, almost anachronistic, that they were using their telephones for communication devices, and and if they were, I wonder how they charged them. But it seems to me to be a little bit totally strange that they would use an old-fashioned cell phone, if that's what they were, for their, to communicate with, with each other.
4: I think they were more like – they were kind of a combination of a satellite phone and a Wi-Fi device. So they weren't quite standard cell phones that you'd pick up at Apple. Um, that part I kind of found believable, except – You know, I don't know how they charged them uh, on the ship.
6: I don't know how they charged them on the ship either, but they alluded to some kind of solar power charging system that they used on the planet, or I mean on the boat.
3: They certainly had enough daylight. I wonder if they used solar panels of some format. I'm just guessing here, but that's what came to mind.
6: That was kind of the impression that I got. Well, I guess looking on the positive side of it, it, it
1: certainly had some nice description of the, of the variety of, of habitats and, in that world, and that, that was very interesting. I think the vastness of it, and, you know, the fact uh, they saw this variety of different types of animals, and, and apparently they, they, they seemed they to hint at the fact that these aliens had one time had been at, uh, on Earth and had taken a lot some of Earth's animal life and and reseeded it in, in the bowl.
5: Yeah, I kind of like the way they dealt with that aspect of um, getting different species of, of animals and, and aliens and stuff and sort of assimilating them into their proper place on the bowl.
3: I kind of wonder if there's going to be a third book coming up because at the end of the second book, um, as I said, uh, the Folk uh, memoir or whoever, whatever, and her people are put in their place and the aliens who live above them are uh, they dwell in very cold very frozen places and so they think very slowly so they're even older than the dinosaurs that were brought back from earth so it makes me wonder how things are going to go but apparently it's been what about three years and there hasn't been a new book out in the series yet so can't really tell what's going to happen with it. Maybe they won't write a third one. Um, but, yeah, the environment and everything was just fascinating. I, I really felt like I was having a tour of the whole place. I guess some people would probably think it's monotonous to see too much of that, though.
1: Now, the second book, do they ever get to glory, or is that completely set aside as a goal, that planet called glory?
3: No, they don't get to glory, because, even though they're supposed to be headed that way. Because uh, the aliens on glory don't want them there. They think that the humans are part of the bowl. I think that's how that ended up. Um, so no, they they haven't gotten to glory, but they might be headed in that direction. Because they kind of hinted at it at the end of the second book.
5: Do they wake up the rest of the people?
3: Yeah, a bunch of them got awakened and revived, the ones that survived, because there was a war in the second book, and a lot of people got killed. And uh, some of the machinery that kept them frozen got damaged. But they did end up with a nice size bunch of folks for a colony. So uh, that worked out, uh, more or less.
1: (laughs) Well, since we pretty much exhausted this book, I think we should start... A bit early, but maybe we have more time to try to pick a, a better book. Of course, it's pretty hard to determine you know, a book that's going to please everybody. Certainly, Mary, you, you, you mentioned a couple, several interesting books that just recently came on bar, that would, any of which might be an interesting candidate to, to read. I have a friend, uh, Maria Campbell, who I'm sure you saw her name on the list, who for some reason doesn't want to come to our meetings, but she, she liked the ball of heaven and she enjoyed that second part of it too. So you can count on another person really enjoy the two
3: books
0: yeah I didn't want to rain on anybody's parade I didn't want to prejudice people but this book had I, I can't recall lower ratings on Amazon and had uh, 2.9 out of 5 stars with 261 reviews as of today um, I may have seen worse books worse book reviews than that but I don't recall when that was this book got terrible reviews a lot of one star and two star reviews I read some of them um, but um, as I said I, I I liked a lot of Benford stuff and of course I like Niven's, you know, the Ringworld and, and some of the other known space stuff was really good and Ringworld Engineers of course but I don't know I just, uh, this one just couldn't get I couldn't get it
2: well, if we're making suggestions, um, I have a suggestion. I don't know if this is going to appeal to everybody else, so I'll just throw it out there. Um, there's a book called Charles by Charles Yu. With his last name is Yu. It has an interesting title. It's called How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe, and it's on BARD. It's a very short book. It's only six and a half hours, um, and the annotation uh, says... Uh, time travel technician Charles Yu saves people from themselves while he searches for his father who invented time travel before vanishing and visits his mother who's stuck in a time loop and it's from 2010 so I don't know if it's a book that anybody's read um, but I've heard really good things about it So, and it's, it's a pretty short book as well
0: well we've got five weeks till our next meeting in January and uh it is the holidays, so that that kind of uh, speaks towards more of a shorter book. But on the other hand, um, it does. We do have five weeks, and um, I would like to get into this hieroglyph anthology at some point. But I don't know if everyone is into short stories. Um, this this was an anthology that was put together uh, at the behest of. Neal Stephenson to try to come up with more optimistic, big ideas type of SF. And there are a lot of really well known authors in it, uh, and some not so well known. It's a diverse anthology. It's like 25 and a half hours long. There's some non fiction in it also, um, but most of it's SF. So um, I can play the annotations for that if people want to hear them, but uh, that might be too long for. for, the holidays, even though we do have five weeks. But it's an idea that I'm just going to put out there.
3: I've started to read that book, and I have found some stories in there that I really liked, and then I found some others that I just kind of skipped past. But I think it would be a great idea, because for one thing, people aren't going to have time to just sit for hours and hours reading, and short stories are short enough that you can just delve into one and be done with it, and then go on to something else and come back later on. So, yeah, I'd vote for it, even though I've read some of it. I haven't read everything in it, though. There's just no way that I had time in the past couple of months to do that. But um, I'd be glad to vote for that one. Well, I'm
6: I'm, I'm one of those people that just really does not like short stories. I will read them when I have to, I guess. But um, I would rather us read something else if we can find something good that everybody else can agree on. Yeah, I
1: tend to find short stories, you know, a little difficult to keep track of, uh, especially if there are a lot of, of them that remember, you know, they get, sort of tend to get jumbled together in my mind. So in a sense, I would also be more inclined to one one novel, you know, an ongoing narrative type thing. However, you know, if we can't come up with anything else, that might be interesting. Although what, what um, was mentioned about the time travel book sounds like it might be an interesting thing. Uh, maybe we could put that aside for when we have a, a short period of time between the two meetings, since it's a short book. Uh, but that's certainly one well worth k- k- taking into consideration.
5: Well, this is, I'm always a big one for time travel, so I would like that one too. Michelle mentioned another book earlier that I had forgotten about that I have on my to-read list. And this definitely might not appeal to people, but it's by um, Pepino, and I don't remember his first name, but it's about ants. And it's about sentient ants and how they have plans to take over the world, and how they have plans to make animals, other animals, um, behave in the way they want them to in order to further their goals. And it might be, it might be really bad, but it, it might be good too. I'm going to have to check. I'm going to, when I let go here, I'll check the time. It seemed like it might be a longer book, like 22 hours or something. But I don't remember for sure. I'll check.
3: Yeah, books like that kind of scare me to death. <laughs> I'd be scared probably after page two. <laughs> my suggestion is one that came out yesterday called Spinneret by Timothy Zahn. Has anybody read that? I mean, it was written in 1985, I think. And it looked really good. If if we don't want to read it, I'll just read it on my own. Uh, it's, what, ten hours long, I think. But wondered if anybody's read that one
4: yeah I've read spinner red i think it was originally serialized in analog <clears throat> I think it's a very good book I'd like to read the time travel book as well um
1: sherry that 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 thing really interests me i, I that's something that, i like that type of stuff i'm reading i'm reading often on the bees which i find to be very a very interesting book too you know which um I have it on my iPhone and I occasionally read it. But I, you know, if you could pass on that information, the the, the number, and the title. I assume, I hope it's unbarred. Uh, even if we don't decide to to read it, I want to put it aside and have it available to read when I get some time.
0: Yeah, I read Spinneret in analog also, and I don't remember the details of it, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I I just remember the feeling that it was. It seemed pretty good, but I don't remember how anything turned out you know, or anything like that. But um, but I, I, that uh, left me with a, a good memory, at least. It's been so long, I have no idea what happened, really.
2: Well, Sherry and I, we do the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and we discussed the bees last summer. And it was a really good discussion actually. Um, it kind of brought me back into science fiction after not not reading science fiction for a while. So um, the time travel book that I mentioned is called How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. Um, it's DB74279 but the book Sherry and I were talking about with the ants also sounds really intriguing as well.
5: I cannot find that ant book. So Michelle if you still have, and I, I cleaned out my emails, so if you still have it somewhere, Um, The other book I was going to mention is one called O-Zone, and it was by Theroux, and that one is the one that's 22 hours. That just came on barred, like, in the last couple of days.
4: Spinneret humans, every planet is taken by other aliens, so we get the leftover, except when we land, all our metal gets sucked into the planet and then ejected into space as a long-cylinder and they follow the cylinders and, well, I don't want to go any further because I don't remember much beyond that. Um, but, And I probably spoiled it because I found the disappearing metal particularly fascinating. But that's kind of what spinneret did.
3: I'm surprised that they put that in analog because the book itself on Bard is about 10 hours long. Um, I didn't know they would serialize a 10-hour long book. (laughs) I thought they were usually five or six hours total.
2: Um, The book that Sherry and I were talking about, the author is Robert Rapino. It's R-E-P-I-N-O. And the title is Mort, M-O-R-T. And then there's a parenthesis with an E in the middle. So maybe it's like a variation. I think Mort in French means dead or death. Um, and it's about ten and a half hours, and it is on board.
0: Yeah, um, I sort of it, the uh, well. First of all, they they serialized uh, Marooned in real time, and that was about eight and a half hours. But and there might have been edit. The book might have been slightly edited. I mean, it wouldn't have been abridged drastically, but it might have been edited for for serialization and analog. Because yeah, you're right. They don't do really long books in analog, at least not when I used to read it. I haven't read it for a long time. But um yeah, that's a little on the long end for serial, but it might have been it might have been edited slightly, I don't know. But it was definitely in there.
4: I think they did edit and added some stuff. But I j ju- I don't remember I I don't remember very much about it beyond the first part. Um
3: I've got it on my stream if anybody wants to hear the uh, description.
1: No, please do. I was going to ask for
3: that. Okay, here it goes.
7: Annotation. When Earth men move out among the stars, they find that numerous alien races have already colonized the planets. Earth colonists are left with the metal poor planet Astra, which is unwanted by all the alien races. However, it turns out that Astra holds some surprises that will cause political repercussions throughout the galaxy. 1985. From the book jacket. Hugo Award winners on has forged a reputation for hard science stories that turn on characters who devise solutions to their problems by using technology in new and creative ways. In Spinneret, his fourth and most brilliant model to date, he has created a taut, thrilling scenario using a classic science fiction idea and infusing it with current scientific ideas and an original twist. We are not alone in the universe. As Earth vessels ventured out to explore near interstellar space, they found not one alien race, but many. There were no planets that hadn't already been colonized or inhabited by some space-faring race other than our own, until finally we humans discovered Astra. The nation was short-lived, however, when it was realized that this habitable world contained no real metals. So Astra became a planet to be used as a minor experiment. A group of Americans under UN Charter set out to make a colony on Astra, eager to make a home where they could live in peace and without the fear of terrestrial wars. All was fairly routine until the planet began to play tricks on the colonists. First, there were magnetic field shifts. Then, all metal in contact with the ground disappeared. Colonel Meredith, in charge of the colony, was having enough trouble with unrest among farmers without the specter of bizarre planetary characteristics. But when the first metal cable erupted from what had appeared to be a dormant volcano, Meredith realized that Astra was not merely a metal poor planet. An unknown alien race, dubbed the Spinners, had left a working artifact behind. Suddenly he was in charge of a hot property, one fervently desired by all who had ignored it before. The U.N., the U.S., and the alien races in nearby space. The Rooshrike, the Katankri, the Palms, the Whist, and the Orsfab. Being in charge and staying in control are two different things, and Meredith and his crew would need all their wits, as well as considerable Yankee horse sense, to keep from being overrun by dangers, from Earth or from the stars. Only when they discover the ultimate secret of the race of spinners will the astrons
1: know the key to their own future. About the author. Mary, do you read your books at that speed?
3: Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I do read them at that speed. (laughs) Of course, I'm listening with headphones, so that probably makes a difference. Um, I could play it again slower if you wanted. Sounds
0: good. Uh, I I generally read at something close to that speed. It depends on what I'm reading. But... uh, yeah, it sounds sounds like fun. Uh, I wouldn't mind reading it again since I'm, my memory is so poor about what happened originally. But I, as I said, I did like what I recall of it dimly. Uh, it sounds like it might be fun, and it won't be too long for the holidays. Uh, people will be able to read it and still, uh, you know, take time off to do all the other stuff that we'll be doing. So I'll, I'll vote for it. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you
1: could give me give the the information, Mary, the number. Uh, that would, So i could jot it down here. That would be
0: good, if everyone agrees. I do like the idea of that, Ants, though. That's a longer book, though. We might want to get that in in the near future, though. I'm going to go investigate it, because I think I missed it somewhere. I thought originally it was, she was talking about Empire of the Ants, which was a classic uh, from the late 90s, but it wasn't about ants who wanted to take over the world. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but uh, I don't remember hearing about this one. So I am curious.
1: I tried to look for that Empire of the Anselm Bar and I couldn't find it. I don't know if it's there or I just didn't spell it right or something, but I,
0: I couldn't find it. Uh,
3: the book number, I'm reading this with my left hand, so I hope this is accurate. It's 24999. Nine, nine. Um, I'm reading it kind of weird because it's, it's highlighted, so it's got dots three six underneath the numbers. Uh, I mean, dot seven eight, rather. So. It looks like 24999, but it's Timothy Zahn, Z-A-H-N. You can look up Z-A-H-N and you'll find it.
1: Very good. I've got it written down. Uh, We'll download it if if that's our final decision.
3: What's the title again? Spinneret. S-P-I-N-N-E-R-E-T.
0: Yeah, I remember that word from Charlotte's Web when I first read that book back in uh, sixth grade. That was a word, a new word for me.
1: Yeah, I liked *Charlotte*. *Charlotte's Web*. That was a nice book. So, are we, are we in agreement? Sounds great
3: to me.
4: I'll go with *Spinneret*.
3: Well, I guess it's decided. Um, I don't know. We can put the other ones on the list for you know a couple months from now or whatever.
0: Well, I'm going to read that. Well, Lizzie and I'll read that together. Uh, we might be able to finish it before I leave on my trip. But I'm going into the culture. On my trip, I I don't recommend these for the club because they're a bit dark. But I really like the Ian Banks Culture novels. I like the whole Culture universe. Um, and Bard just put up a few months ago uh, commercial versions like three or four of them that they hadn't had on before. Um, so they're the Consider Phlebas is the first one, and it's read by a, a British fellow. I can't remember his name, but uh, but uh, it's a really good book. But uh, those who like happy endings probably don't want to read Ian banks but for people who don't mind and want something really imaginative uh, you might want to try uh, some of the culture novels from Ian banks he passed away last year that might be why some of these commercial books are coming out but uh, anyhow uh, I'll put off I'll finish the recording here by saying that our next meeting will be on January 14th. 2016, and we'll be doing Spinneret by Timothy Zahn, which is available on BARD, and uh, I will check Bookshare and see if it's up there before I do the Newswire tomorrow. So, okay.